is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And our third man, Justin, is on a plane right now, like the veritable Ooh. snakes themselves. Oh, but boy. we are coming to you live from a couple of different places. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch or X slash Twitter. We are also coming to you later on Spotify, Android, Apple, wherever you get your fine podcasts. It's all good. Um, very excited about the show that we have tonight, Pete. We have yeah. a lot of great guests. We have a multitudinous amount of guests to make up the fact that uh, Justin isn't here. We're gonna let yeah, him... I just wanted to quickly yeah, say please. sorry for missing last week. Uh, apologies, you know what I mean? But Oh, uh... no, no problem. So I was, for anybody who wasn't here, I was here solo last week. And I think anybody who was listening or watching can agree, it was the best show we've ever had. <laughs> like, it was so good. I was going to finish my sentence. I was going to oh, say, yeah. I'm sorry, because it was one of the worst shows I've had oh, no. to listen to. So, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry to let you down and make you, uh, you know. Well, Pete, if you that. want, one of the big things that you missed last week is we had two great guests on who both were talking about the intersection of pornography and comics, one of your favorite topics. If you want, <laughs> I could just, I could run down the whole thing for you right no, now. I, I listened to it. You're it's good? all right. You're good? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. I will say I did kind of miss you being there just for like you're for anybody who's just listening. Pete is already half out of the camera, but <laughs> on that chat, you would have been like, yeah, I've been like, oh, God, oh, stop, please. <laughs> I had a good time. I thought it was really interesting personally. Well, I bet you did. We won't unpack that one. Instead, we're going to bring in our guests here because as yeah, we have a lot of them. First one, she is the creator of One in a Million, which is out now from Candlewick Press. Ladies and gentlemen, Claire Lorden. Claire, Ooh, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I love the setup of your books in the background. You did it perfectly. It's very nice. Thank you. I'm used to doing some like virtual school visits and talks and stuff from um, my picture books that I've, I've done. So I'm used to setting them all up in the background. Well, I oh, love awesome. it. Uh, and this is your book birthday, right? Your book is yes. out today. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Happy birth birthday. Uh, I always you. like to add when ask when somebody's book birthday is the day, have you snuck out to a bookstore? Have you seen it anywhere out? I today? haven't yet, but I'm having my book launch tomorrow night. Oh, cool. And um, I'm hoping sometime this coming week I'm going to kind of do like a book crawl to a couple of Oh, nice. See if I can just like, you know, sign some books and uh, really relish the joy of having it be in bookstores. Well, awesome. Well, I, I love this book. I thought this was a really amazing book uh, to give the rundown for anybody who doesn't know about it. It's a true story based yeah. on your life. It's a graphic memoir. Um, and it's about you discovering you had, have had Cushing's disease, yes. um, dealing with various aspects of that from depression to multiple surgeries. And ultimately, obviously you are here <laughs> just to spoil the end of it. And you created a graphic <laughs> memoir of it. Um, so it does really have a happy ending there, but it's a really powerful, beautiful book. Um, what was it like? And this is a very typical thing with a graphic memoir, but like, what was it like taking these memories and trying to recapture them in the graphic form? Oh, gosh. It was, in some ways, it was really hard. And in some ways, it was super easy because <laughs> um, a lot of these images and places and, you know, things I went through are just so visceral in my brain still. And, but it was also really hard because 
I was working through my teenage diaries. Oh, and, wow. Um, there, there's a lot that happens in about the eight month period that mostly goes on throughout the book. And one of the challenges was deciding what to leave in and what to leave out. So I had to cut out so much stuff I wish I could have left in. If the book were maybe oh. twice as long, I maybe could have left everything <laughs> in. <laughs> if only that that would have taken forever. But um, uh, I'm really happy of how the book turned out. And uh, the stuff that I did end up cutting really didn't serve the story in the mm. way that the stuff that is left in. Well, at- again, this is a very typical thing about uh, biography, graphic or otherwise. But how... How do you look at your own life as a story? Because our lives mm-hmm. don't typically conform to that three arc narrative structure necessarily. So how'd you form that up? Yeah, so that was another thing that was challenging was figuring out, okay, what time period is chunk? Like, where do I start the book? Where do right. I end the book? Um, I had a really good idea of where to start it because um, it's actually the start of this diary. And um, it was uh, January 2007, and all of a sudden I was doing really poorly, and I was just going through so much medical testing. I was like, okay, let's start it from there. And then um, ending it was another kind of like up in the air. I hadn't figured that out when I sold the book. So I was talking like kind of back and forth with my editor and we're like, do we finish it? Because my, my original thought was I'll finish it right before senior year. And she's like, no, you should go through senior year a little bit just to tell people, you know, how things went. I was like, okay, I'm not yeah. making and then story, story alert. <laughs> alert. And um, with me going off to college. Yeah. Cool. Well, w- one of the things I wanted to just kind of say was uh, it, this is just such a, a beautiful uh, book. I love the art and the tone of it. You did such a great job communicating uh, emotions through the page, which I think is very hard. I was very moved by it. Thank was you. it hard to put so much of your own life out there? You know what I mean? For yes. for people to see. <laughs> I would feel so like, oh, God. You know, because it's like saying they like the book is almost kind of like saying, do you like my life? You know, it's kind of a weird, you know, how, how, how are you dealing with that? Or how are you doing with that? Yeah. I mean, that was something I definitely had to go through mentally, which was knowing, okay, like, I knew I wanted to tell the story. But then part of me was like, well, if I tell the story, then people are going to know this big, dark chunk of my life. Mm-hmm. And how will people react to that? But um, just knowing that, you know, when I was going through everything, I didn't really have anyone to talk to or anybody who I know was going through anything similar. Because this was before Facebook, any kind of social media. Um, if there were any, like, chat rooms out there or message boards i had no idea so i was just going through it alone and so i just wanted to create the book that basically i needed as a teen Mm -hmm. and so my hope is that if it helps one person you know make them feel less isolated whether um they're going through something tough or whether they don't have anything like that in their life they can get an insight as to what it is like to be sick as a teen Um, I wanted to talk about some of your artistic choices a little bit. First of all, I have a weird question. I just want to make sure that I'll explain why I'm asking this. 
in the book, the characters have faces, right? Yeah. Have, okay, so the PDF that they sent, at least on my computer, I read it, and it removed everybody's oh, faces. I, I did. Were there was there any black? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's part. That, were you reading it through like the space bar preview, or did you like actually open it up in Acrobat? Uh, I actually opened it up, but this has happened before with my PDF. This is not to get like into tech support. <laughs> yeah. So much as I read this, I was like, "What a bold choice to have no faces!" <laughs> and then I, I read, swear yeah, they have yeah, faces. totally. Well, because then I went online to grab some preview pages for the show, and I was like, "Hold on a second, <laughs> hold on." <laughs> so that that was wild, uh, but. The actual bold artistic choice that I thought was really impressive, and just to make sure I read this part accurately, is you go for the story pages where it's you and your life and things are happening to you. And there's some exaggerations there in terms of the physicality of the thing, but most of the time it's presented semi-realistically. But you break it up with these chapter breaks, which have bold, dark pages between them that show off just raw emotions of what you're going through. Um, what led to that choice and what was it like breaking up those pages in that way? So for some reason, it just kind of happened where it was, I knew I could tell people, oh, hey, you know, I was depressed, but it's another thing to show people what depression actually feels like. And a lot of people out there, you know, they haven't experienced depression. They like they know it's bad, but they maybe don't have a first-hand account of what it's actually like. And so it was kind of like that with a lot of my symptoms. And so it just kind of organically fell into the story that way. And the style stylization in those pages is a little different. Mm. I wanted to kind of almost reminisce of... Um, my, my sketches at the time because to kind of be kind of more what my mind was going through. 17-year-old mm. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for making this book and sharing your life. I think that, like, regardless of, you know, if people have similar things, just to kind of see how, you know, somebody could kind of, like, for lack of a better word, snowball, like something happens and then that leads to other things. And then it kind of like uh, the, I think it's super helpful to kind of see those steps. And even if you're not dealing with the same thing, I think people do fall uh, under certain things where something bad health can lead to other things and lead to other things. So like just kind of putting your struggle out there really gives somebody something to kind of see or relate to, or at least to uh, kind of learn about and experience. I think it's uh, really helps people. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. That, That means a lot. Uh, is this the sort of thing I know you said you're going to be doing a book crawl are you going to be taking it to mental health facilities or talking about it you said that you do classroom talks sometimes is that something I you're do, looking yeah. to do with so, this book as um, well the idea is you know I, I like love it if my book got into the hands of the people that like really need it mm-hmm. so um, I know that there are facilities out there that do like share books or um where like a doctor might be like, hey, you know, check out this book. It might be really helpful for you. So um, that would be amazing. Um, I would at some point kind of like to do a press release to some of the different organizations. Just be like, hey, just so you know, this book exists. It might be helpful for 
people that come to your organization or are going through something similar. So yeah, uh, that, that's gotta, my hope. Yeah, that it get, yeah. that it gets in the hands of people yeah, that right. are uh, yeah. maybe endocrinologists or something like that. Yeah, uh, we have an entirely unrelated question here sure. from YouTube. This is from Stray Bullock. Question: Is that a cat bowl or a dog bowl behind Miss Lorden? This is a dog bowl. I can call him over. Hugo, Hugo, Ooh, come here. Hugo. <gasps> Guest Hugo. appearance come by here. a dog. I love it. This is the best podcast. Let me ever. get some food. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm feeling like we're uh, Johnny Carson by the second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, this is this is wild. This is wild stuff. Oh wow! Oh, that's a cute dog. Oh my God, that is a, a big dog too. Yeah, is that a husky? A He's wolf? an Alaskan Malamute. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Do your next book about him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could I could watch this all day. If you're listening to the podcast, this is a adorable dog. Like, it's more than adorable. It's uh, it's beautiful. A, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like, you, you see that kind of dog in commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. He, he you, knows it, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, boy. And you, have, you have other books that you've done as well. Is there anything else you want to plug other than One in a Million? Um, sure. I have uh, six picture books that I either authored and or illustrated. Um, the one that I authored and illustrated is called Lorenzo the Pizza Loving Lobster. It's about Ooh. a lobster who discovers pizza one day and tries to to recreate it with his sea turtle best friend. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that's great. I love yeah. it. Uh, Claire, congratulations on the book. Good yes. luck on the book crawl. Really loved it. Um, wishing you all the success. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, Have a great care. night, Claire. All right, there we go. Oh, Once man. again, the book is called One in a Million. It's out now from Candlewick Press, so you can pick it up absolutely everywhere. And that was Claire Lord. Such an amazing book. Definitely worth checking it out for sure. Yeah, it's very absolutely. moving. It's, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but it's even better when the people have faces, Pete. I don't know. If you know what? That. You don't know, say. It, it really changes everything when they don't yeah. just look like these white ghost washes of things, which also was interesting, mind you. But yeah, anyway. well, it is very interesting. Why don't we bring in our next guest? He is the creator of Typical Campus, which is now back on Webtoon as of two weeks ago, I want to say. I don't know how time works, but ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> George Papadro. George, Yay! welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. How's it going, guys? Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Excited to have you here. You seem like you're on a typical campus yourself. Are you calling <laughs> in from there or uh, just, no, just I am. I am home right now, yeah. Right. I managed to clean my room somewhat. You know, everything that's out of frame is still just as messy, but you know, I managed right. to make it presentable somewhat. Oh, nice. Uh, well, cool. Let's talk about typical campus. So yes, this let's. is let's do it. This is essentially what the name refers to. It's a webtoon. It's a strip about life on a typical campus. There's wild, crazy, weird things that happen to the people there. But I wanted to ask you first. It's been a way for about a year maybe more at this point yeah, why a little bit over a year yeah why bring it back now what was what was what brought the break on and what brought bringing it back on well it's really funny the what brought the break on was uh budget i mm. was taking an unpaid internship at the time uh so i just wasn't able to keep it going yeah uh but um uh, and actually like the funny thing is i actually just kind of thought about not bringing it back i 
genuinely did. I was just like, you know what? It had a good run. I never had like a timeline on the series or anything like that planned out. But I was like, you know what? I looked back at everything and I was like, I might as well bring it back and end it the right way, so to speak. You know, I have some some material left in me and let, let's just let's do it right. You know, that's what I thought, at least. Well, one of the things I really loved about it is all the different perspectives from the different characters and stuff. It's kind of a really cool sandbox you can kind of click around and play in. There's so many great stories and so many cool strips. And what's great is, you know, you're really rewarded as a reader for kind of like clicking through all that stuff. I also really like the different takes that you had. You know, you you talk about the... uh, you, you make sobriety in a cool light, which is nice. It's not like a typical, you know, like these are college kids are all just getting wasted type of stuff. Like you really yeah. uh, uh, do a good job of pl- uh, uh, playing different perspectives. Was that something you tried to do or just kind of come out from writing the different characters or, or tell us a little about that? Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes to the characters, um, I wanted there to be no characters at first, actually. I was just like, let's just have every episode be a different student. That way it can be, you know, the average student. And oh, uh, yeah, my artist was like, okay, uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to design a new character every episode, uh, but we can make three. Let's make three students. And I was like, okay, you know, and that gave me like the the uh, idea of like, okay, if we're going to have three, let's give them all like distinct personalities really took my time each episode trying to figure out where their personalities go. But yeah, I I definitely wanted to show like pretty much all the different sides of what kind of people you'll come across on this campus here. Well, I wanted to take a big step backwards and talk a little bit about the Webtoon platform where we talk about it a lot on here, but I, I don't know that we've ever had a guest that publishes directly to it. Maybe one a long time ago, but could you talk a little bit about, for anybody who isn't familiar, what's different about it in terms of how you scroll through it, how the stuff is posted, etc.? Oh, sure. You know, um, when it comes to, like, self-publishing, uh, it's certain it certainly, like, can be rewarding from what I've heard. I haven't done it myself yet, but I'm aware that, like, the traditional system, like, there is, like, potential there to find an audience. But on Webtoon, I'll tell you this much. Webtoon is, like the most used app out of like all these free comic sort of uh apps just the amount of audience that is on there the amount of readers that are on there you'll definitely find somebody for what you're making you know um it is essentially like i call it the youtube of comics you know anybody can upload on there uh they they certainly like make their own content but anybody can put whatever they want on there which is really nice you know it's it uh, gives me some freedom. I remember when I was uploading there before they uh, made like an automated system for sizing. So mm-hmm. like compression and all that stuff, you had to do it yourself. Like you had to make uh-huh. sure you had to like shrink your own art. And like I would be like going through like GIMP, you know, because I didn't have I don't have Photoshop. I'm a college student. Like uh, <laughs> so like I can't afford that monthly subscription. So I, I had to go like in there myself and like make sure like it was pixel perfect that the compression levels were right uh thankfully they don't do that they don't make you do that anymore Mm, (laughs) they just automatically like do that for you once you upload it but yeah the process is pretty simple 
you put in a thumbnail, you upload the pages. You when it comes to like the scrolling format itself, we really struggled with it. Not that we struggled with it. We were just trying to figure out like how we wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh if you look at the earlier episodes, it's kind of more so like a traditional comic and then like yeah. Once we started getting used to Webtoon, we started reading more stuff on the platform. There's a lot of fun series to read on the platform. Once we did that, we were kind of like, okay, let's try this. A lot of communication between me and my artist, really. That's what it comes down to. Well, I thought one of the things that I thought was particularly interesting about yours, and I've read not a ton on Webtoon, but some, usually what I've read is more story-based things. Yours is almost like a traditional a four-panel comic strip that you find on a comic page, but because it's vertical, I think, and you're scrolling panel by panel, it really changes the rhythm of the humor. I think this is what you were getting towards just now, but oh yeah, how how did you embrace that? How did you crack that, do you think, in terms of making sure that the jokes hit at the right pace? Hopefully, I assume. Yeah, well, um, it definitely comes to, like, it comes down to how many panels we use, we kind of figured like, I don't know if you, depending on how much, how closely you pay attention to reading the series, we kind of figured out that like six is usually like the sweet spot mm-hmm. for the amount of panels you usually do. And, you know, I give my artists uh, plenty of freedom to like add or take away if need be. I look at the page. I'm like, yeah, if she usually changes something, adds a panel, maybe takes one away sometimes. And usually it works out really well. Um, and yeah, I often preview the series on my phone i preview it like the pages when they're coming and i preview them on my pc and then on my phone see how like it goes if um you know usually like you would see the panels and like okay once they scroll then they get to the punchline. Mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like that we certainly pay attention to yeah um this is per the name and like we've been talking about set on a typical campus and like you said you're a college student was there anything that is too far Something that you're like, ooh, maybe we could have done that on a typical campus, but that took things too far. Do I bring this up? That's a good question. Absolutely. Um, Nobody's listening. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Yeah, you said we can, like, there's no, like, restrictions, right? That's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. So we thought about doing a school shooter joke. I wrote the script and everything, and then, like, by the time I got the first sketch, both my artist and I kind of just looked at each other and we were just like, yeah, no. Like, yeah. we were just like, oh, a little too far. That's like really when we figured it out. We were mm-hmm. just like, okay, that's how much we want to push the envelope. Anything past that, nah, it was still a, just like maybe a little bit funny. But we were still kind of just like, yeah, this, this is a little too far. Well, listen, I mean, it's good to know those limits. So I'm, I'm glad that you figured that out. What is, given that you just restarted it recently, there's one episode up right now. How many episodes are in the new run before you officially finish it up? So we definitely have 20 in the can. They are nice. finished, all wrapped up. I uh, might add another 10 more. And yeah, so we're thinking about going for maybe another year. We're thinking if we get ahead of schedule, especially with budget and everything, then we might uh, finish even sooner than that. So give it another year or so, maybe. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people check it out? Obviously on Webtoon, is there typicalcampus.com or what's the best way of finding you? Yep, it is just just on Webtoon. Yeah, so far 
Uh, that's the only platform we've uploaded it on. Got a pretty good audience on there. You can find it on Webtoon. Search for a typical campus on there. And if you want to know anything about that series and upcoming stuff with it, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. It's just George98. Cool. Easy, easy to remember. Awesome, George. Thank you so much for coming on. Congrats yeah, and bringing congrats. it back. Thank you, guys. I appreciate to follow it. follow it along. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, George. Awesome. Take all right, there we go. I cut him off again. I always do that. I got to wait like the extra second piece. Just that extra second that to extra give him a chance second. to respond. Oh, anyway, uh, Typical Campus, like you said, is on Web2 now. Go check it out. There's like, at this point, almost 100 episodes. There's tons of material to dig so, through. It's awesome. It's yeah, definitely really very, cool to very check fun. out. Yeah. Why don't we bring on our last guest of last the Last but evening. not least. But not least. He is the creator of Sussex which is on Kickstarter now. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Good. Nick, welcome. Hey. Hello. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and thank you for your patience uh, being our third guest here. It's appreciated. So you have Sussex on Kickstarter now. I'm just opening it up here uh, to see where we're at. You launched it a couple of days ago. Right now, yeah. you're at yeah. 370 of your 2,900 goal. Hopefully we can kick that up a bunch with a vaunted comic book club bump. We'll see where we get to, but yeah. I love, I love the concept of this. This the idea here is sort of taking like, forgive me if I'm wrong, with sort of like a James Bondy kind of super spy, but also dealing with mental health at the same time. Um, talk about the mix there. Where did the idea come from, um, and how does it execute? Yeah, so it, it is a bit of an unusual one. So um, essentially, uh, the kind of like rough idea anyway came to me maybe like seven, eight years ago. I was going through like mental health issues, uh, struggling with anxiety and depression. And I was having these days where I was like going out and I was, I was basically searching for anything to do that would sort of get my mind off of what was in my head, essentially. I needed to just completely distract myself. Um, and it ended up being a lot of museums and just like random little things. I was like, I, I've always meant to do this. I'll go and do it now. And, uh, and one of the places I went to was Bletchley Park um which for anybody who doesn't know it's basically where they um they broke enigma it's like the home of code breakers um and alan turing and all these incredible people who did all this kind of like espionage work in um in world war ii and uh and as i was walking around this um kind of campus it was raining and it, the whole thing was like very atmospheric and quite surreal because it's such a peaceful place um but you just know that so many people worked so hard to do these really life-changing things. And um, and because I was struggling with all these issues in my head, I was reading the stories of these code breakers and these, um, like, essentially the start of, like, spies and espionage in general. And I just thought, I, I, I couldn't do this. Like, in my state <laughs> of mind with anxiety and depression, like, if somebody was like, you need to do this because it's actually going to matter, I'd be like, I'm so... Um, I'm out. I can't. I don't know what to do, and I just crumble. And um, and that thought stayed with me for so long, and I just didn't really know what to do with it. I just I had this idea of this spy who was trying to do like really important work and help out this this massive war front, and um, and at the same time had mental health issues because I was so aware that back then as well there was no help for mental health. It was like if you had anxiety or depression, it's it's like you're pretty much on your own with it and that yeah. is like yeah it's like how do you do those things um 
And then I did a creative writing course um, a few years ago, and the whole thing was like a real kind of like hot pot for um, just ideas and it, it kind of exploring anything. And uh, and this idea just sort of fell in my lap that I was like, oh, I could just tell a story about a spy, um, like at the very start of, of kind of espionage. So it's the SOE, which is the special ops exec, um, and tell this story of this guy who will parachute into france and it's a very specific period of uh france where d-days happened and the allies are pushing to liberate paris uh and then essentially the rest of france and so it's this really short window and i've sort of bent truth slightly um and sort of envisioned france as this way of um it's almost like a lot of skirmishes and there's a lot of people kind of grasping to to make a difference to the to the war and uh and one of those missions is what this character archie goes in to do um but when he gets there it's that's when all the mental health struggles start so that's where it sort of starts to be embedded with um my own experiences and kind of putting my i guess my version of anxiety on the page um is yeah. kind of just trying to relinquish that i i think it's interesting that you say that because now when i'm thinking about when i read it for this first time there's this interesting idea of like, oh my God, we need to get this done. And then the other person's like, yeah, but we should have some tea. You know, and it's this kind of conflict of ideas and what's more important. And it's kind of like this interesting thing of like, uh, there should always be time for tea, but we have these serious issues too. You know what I mean? So it's funny to kind of hear you talk about that because it makes a lot more sense now reading it. I really love the the art, the darkness in here, the kind of noir feel. I also uh, really love the kind of language choices that you're making. It definitely feels like a certain time period. Uh, it almost feels like you have a passion for this time period. Is there some kind of thing that kind of draws you to the specific time period? Um, a little bit. I think um, a lot of my stories always kind of have a bit of a historical element to it. Um, I don't know why I just sort of gravitate to certain periods of history. I'm like, I really want to tell this and I want to tell this kind of story. Um, and usually when I kind of get an idea in my head of like, this is the period, I'll just research for ages, whether that's like reading books at the time or watching films or shows or whatever, and just sort of try and grab a tone of voice essentially and try and place it in that that time period. Um, the interesting thing with this, and it kind of goes back to that, that Bond reference is that because Bond is obviously like height of espionage, it's like after all this, it was actually kind of quite hard to to strip it back to just what the SOE originally were, where they were sort of building this espionage thing. Um, and so much of their, their real life kind of stories and facts and stuff, um, it's like really hard to find because they burnt so much of it at the end of the war. So it was kind of like you really had to dig to try and find these um, kind of the essence of, of, of what they were. So that was really interesting to do that research side. Um, and as you say, that's kind of where I was kind of grabbing for all of these kind of tone of voice and style. And yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a lot of research, but like really exciting as well. It was just super interesting to, to kind of go there and, and learn all about it. So oh, cool. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the art, which I know is not exactly your department, but I really love the colors as well. It's there's these very stark washes throughout and very bold color choices. Yeah. Did that all come from the artist? Was that part of the script and the discussion or how did that work out? Yeah, it was, um, it was mostly Alvaro. Um, 
who's the artist on the on Sussex. Um, we sort of we, when we were talking about it, um, we obviously talked a lot about comic books that we loved and, and artists that we loved, and we always knew we were kind of on the same page in terms of um, art. And uh, and when he got to doing the the colors, because I sort of let it off of the inks. And we were having this conversation about the colors and he obviously knows where the story's going um so there's a there's a page in this in the first book this is 1944 and then it says before and the before is referencing not only the character's kind of state of before he enters the war but it's also a mental health thing that's like before you've gone through something mm-hmm. um and so there is going to be this middle period which is during and the during is where the mental health kicks off. And because Alvaro and I have always talked about what that's going to look like um, in terms of just colors and how the illustrations are going to look and what he's going to go through, that was where Alvaro then started pulling in these brighter colors because he said, when we get there, that's where they're going to like just sort of really come out. So a lot of this is kind of like laying the groundwork for, for what's to come, um, which is kind of a, an interesting thing, I think, because... Yeah. So much of this book is is that journey through mental health. Um, so it's kind of hard to almost envision it just as chapter by chapter, but hopefully it kind of works and it makes sense. <laughs> Even more intriguing than I originally thought. That's cool. um i want to ask you about inspiration a little bit because you touched on that in your previous answer my initial impression just by looking at the image that you put up both on the kickstarter and also that we got through email when we were first chatting is ed break ed brubaker and sean phillips stuff is that something you were looking towards and if so what else was kind of in the mix there yeah so comic book wise it was um it was very much like kill or be killed Mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. because I knew that I was writing a character who was obviously going to go through his mental health issues. Um, and in doing that, for me, one of the things is when I look back on, on the kind of state of mind I was in, um, it feels really alien. It's like a whole other person. It's like, how was I ever in that state of mind? Oh, wow. And so weaving that into this, it was kind of like um, Archie almost starts to become an unreliable narrator. And that was one of the things that Kill or Be Killed did so well, is that when you're following that character, you're like, can I trust him as the narrator for this story? Like, do I, is he the right person to be telling it? And that was kind of very much the Kill or Be Killed reference there. Um, And then in terms of everything else, there's a lot of novels, actually. Um, Stuff like Le Carre, um, like Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, obviously Imitation Game uh, as a film. Um, It was just a lot of kind of, period stuff um yeah i don't think there's anything else specific it was always kill or be killed and tinker taylor soldier's mind trying to like (laughs) merge the two a little bit which is very strange but well but i think i think it does come through at least in pages that i've seen Uh, let's talk about the kickstarter a little bit so obviously people are going to get the issue if they pledge what else have you got going on pledge wise to entice people yeah so um so Foreign Press Comics are publishing the book, and um, so the, the kind of high-end tier is that they're offering editing services. So if you back it, you'll get a copy of the book, um, as well as you get the option to have editing services if you're a budding writer out there. Oh, um, that's nice. We've also got a, a variant cover, which is by an artist called Tim Catherall, um, and it's awesome. It's we, I was so lucky to, to kind of work with him on this because his art is just incredible. And when he um, he sent us through like initial sketches, I was like, you've captured the tone perfectly. I love this. Um, 
and it was yeah it was just so cool to kind of see his things there's a variant cover it's alvaro's cover um and then we've also got a tier as well uh which is limited um where you can basically have yourself drawn uh and you'll get a print of it in 40s aesthetic so mm. you can see yourself as a gentleman or gentlewoman of the, the i already do i don't need that <laughs> Thank you very much. uh but that's very cool nick um yeah. anything else you want to plug while you're here that's everything for now yeah <laughs> right. and, uh, yeah right. the only other thing is that if anybody is going to thought bubble in november i will be there so come and oh, say hello cool. awesome. uh well very cool nick uh good luck fingers crossed i really thanks. do hope yeah. this one makes it through because it's a very cool project uh and thanks for coming on we appreciate cheers. it thanks Thanks. All right. There we go. Once again, the project is called Sussex. It is Sussex number one. Actually, it is up on Kickstarter right now from Nick Good. Definitely check it out because it's awesome. And Agreed. we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience question. <laughs> and for audience questions... <laughs> All you got to do is drop a question in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Not X or Twitter, because they don't do that. They don't, they don't do much of anything, honestly. Uh, be, while we're waiting for questions here, why don't we talk about what we're drinking tonight? I'm not drinking anything at the moment because I'm feeling a little under the weather. Again? But, Come I'm on, sorry. man. You are I'm killing sorry. me. Oh, the, man. Here's the thing. Not to get too much into my personal health, but the weather here in New York just changed from like 80 degrees outside to the next day it was 40 degrees. The second that happens or it goes in the other direction, I'm like, well, there goes my health for a little bit. You're like, and I'm sick. And I'm sick. Uh, but uh, we did have a great drink. I think it was the Tail Fin from the Gotham Cocktail Book that was curated by our good friend Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullets. Stray uh, Bullies. Yes. Yeah, so once I'm feeling a little better, definitely going to make one of those because they're, I think, the first drink we ever drank as Cocktail Club. Um, I will Ooh. mention on that note also, this is the most boring way of framing this, but I was doing a little sprucing up of the website this weekend and looking back at, a, at our old shows, the ones that we did at the beginning of the pandemic, where all the descriptions are like, well, guess we're doing a show inside again. <laughs> Surely we'll be back to live at some point. Cut to wow. three years later. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to Philadelphia for a couple weeks let this whole thing blow over Yikes. and now now you bought the house you're gonna die in pete so that's <laughs> oh i don't know that sounds crazy <laughs> that sounds crazy to say out loud what are you drinking are you oh drinking, i'm pete? doing a little laguanitas daytime you know what i mean Ooh, it's day sometime time and uh i don't know i like the the day beer it's uh it's light and delicious and refreshing I have I got one of those packs where like you drink the day beer during the day and when you're ready to go to sleep you have the night beer. Yeah, um, it's smart. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. You we can't gotta, mix them up though because you can really no, screw up your. You'll have crazy nightmares. Oh man, yeah, the dreams you'll have. Mm -hmm. This is from Kevin. Says if you could be on any game show or competition show, what would you most want to do? Wow, any game show like in history. Yeah, yeah. Is I it uh, Double Dare on Nickelodeon? Because that would be my choice. You would want to be on Double Dare? Don't you get slimed on that show? Yeah, you haven't you like... always wanted to get slimed? No. Official you, uh... Nickelodeon slime? Come no, on. No, thank you. Come on. No. It's a classic. Uh, it used to be. Mm. I don't know if you saw what they did to Katy Perry, but no thanks. 
<laughs> you and Katy Perry are basically the same person. Uh, so I, I don't even. I baby, don't even... baby, you're a firework. <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. I've always wanted. To, I love the. Uh, I've always wanted to be like no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Oh, uh, uh, Price is Right. Nope, that's not the Price is Right. What is uh, that? I can't even remember. Double Dare on Nickelodeon? Would you, those are the only two Legend, you got. Legends of the Hidden Temple? One of those two. Wow. Wow. <laughs> None of those. But, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Good choice. What game show is that actually, though, Pete? I, I, I don't know. For the life of me, I can't remember it. But it was a game show, and it was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. Press your luck. There we go. Kevin, hey, Kevin thanks, Kevin. Uh, great. Well, that was our only question for today, Pete. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, Zubs, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what up? Hey, uh, how you doing? You okay? <laughs> I'm fine. It sounds like you're coming on to me, i got to be honest. Whoa. And if so, very into it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this show just got weird. I'm already Jedi married to Justin. I can't even, you know All what right. I mean? Don't press your luck, man. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. All right. Well, that's a great way of wrapping up the world's shortest audience questions section. Yeah. Why don't we move to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Oh, man. I don't know if this is a good idea. No, probably not. Maybe I should just do it at this point. Ooh. Um, wait. There is another question that just came Oh, there in, is though. another question. Yeah. All right, well, I'll turn off this music, and then we'll bring up this question. And, and then, here we go. Yeah. This is from Straight Bullet. I have a friend crashing with me for a minute, and this friend uh, who doesn't want me to ask this question wants to know, Pete, if you had a secret crush, should you tell them? Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing about secret crushes. You know what I mean? Because there's a reason, you know, uh, it's a secret. Because I think you're scared of telling the truth. I think that, like, there's something behind that mm. that makes you go, like, um, you know, I shouldn't tell them. You know, I've, I've had a lot of them over the years. And unfortunately, uh, some have gone well. Mm -hmm. Some have gone horrible. You know, sometimes you get the, oh, my God, me too. I've also had a secret crush on you. And that's the best it can go. Uh, you know, but I've, unfortunately it's, um, you know, it goes the other way as well, but you know, you kind of put that out there. That's a relief. So mm -hmm. yeah, it really just, just depends on, uh, you know, if you feel like getting your heart stomped on that day, if you're feeling confident, uh, you know, roll the dice, see what you get. You know? I, I feel like it's better to take a chance and just know, right. As long as you're both single, if it's somebody, if the other person's in a relationship, if that's what your secret crush is about, and you're like, no, I should be better for this person. Maybe wait a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's definitely don't, don't want to uh, do that. But, um, you know, you, you never know. You got to put yourself out there. You got to, uh, mm -hmm. if you want to, you know, risk it to get the biscuit, you got to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh -huh. Great. I don't know what I'm saying. There we go. This is from Mr. Demo 73. We're back at audit question, baby. Here we go. Is it necessary to read something before the images transformer and GI Joe? Uh, the answer is no. Ah. You, quite asterisk. Right. Yeah. You, so there's a title called void rivals, which is by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo Di Fidici. I'm definitely mangling that name. I'm very sorry about that. But, that is a book that stealthily kicked off this whole thing called the Energon Universe. They kept it a surprise. It's about 
to people who are on opposite sides of a war who maybe have a little more in common than you thought, but it had a surprise appearance, spoiler here, of a Transformer. That Transformer goes into Transformers number one, and we interviewed Daniel Warren Johnson, who wrote and drew Transformers number one, and though he was literally silent about it, when we asked him about one aspect of Transformers, when they're tied into the new Duke comic book, gave like little shoulder shimmy, knowing look type things. So I think the answer is probably yes there. Probably there's more connections than we think in all these stuff. So the, I, the reason I said no, though, is I think you could still, you can read Transformers without reading Void Rivals or vice versa, but ultimately they are connecting into this big story. What were you going to say, Pete? Um, Daniel Warren Johnson has said in other interviews, and maybe I went down a whole YouTube hole of just watching Daniel Warren Johnson talk about the, his Transformers book. Um, it, it, he is a huge fan of the animated movie and this kind of, uh, takes place mm. in that world. So if you haven't seen Transformers, the animated movie, I would recommend that also, if you don't know what GI Joe is, do a you know maybe check out some uh, cartoons or you know read a comic. I think they're going to make this a good entry point. Like you didn't really need to know anything to read Transformers, and I think so. Yes, but the there's Easter eggs. There's very enjoyable things where I'm like, oh my god, it's the shark guy mm. from Transformers animated movie. Uh, like For there sure. is. Yeah. I will say the stuff in Void Rivals where they're like, check out this character. I have no idea what's going on there because I did not watch the old Transformers cartoon, so it's not really a thrill for me. But at the same time, I think you can get it. And just so people know, they're not launching a G.I. Joe toy title yet. In December, there's going to be a Duke miniseries by Joshua Williamson. And then in January, they're going to be kicking off a Cobra Commander miniseries. And the Duke's miniseries is going to show the origin of G.I. Joe in this universe. The Cobra Commander series is going to show the origin of Cobra in this universe. And it's all going to tie in together. Uh, And also, Duke's going to be fighting Transformers. So there you go. That's a crazy clash of worlds. I would like to go back. How could uh, you ever bring that together? To stray bullies. Guys with ridiculous names that make no sense. And uh, robots that turn into cars. Doesn't seem like it would mesh robots in disguise i I just think that um something i want to go back to stray bullies you have uh secret information um and i think there is this very exciting kind of uh, moment where like you have to decide you know you have to maybe do some work as somebody who knows the secret information to help make a love connection you know what i mean you've already have an amazing partner I think you have a little responsibility to help some other people, you know, find love as well. And just to clarify, you're talking about Duke and Cobra Commander here, right? No, I'm talking about Duke and Lady J. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yeah. We're talking about the... No, I know. You're talking about the relationship. You're talking about the secret crush. I get it. All right. Why don't we go... It's just exciting. (laughs) Someone knows about a secret crush. I mean, come on. Ah. Can we go back to trivia, Pete? Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. There we go. Okay. There was the trivia theme. So for trivia tonight, rather than continue this (laughs) disaster, um, should I? Whoa! No, no, no. Uh, Pleasant disaster. Wonderful, beautiful disaster. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's a good charity to donate to right now. Obviously, there's a lot of huge world issues going on. Yeah, there is. I don't want to mention them or wade into them in any particular way on our comic book podcast. 
Um, but tell you what, we'll find a good charity. I'm going to do trivia tonight. Why don't we kick it off, Pete? Ooh, okay. All right. Maybe I should make this harder. Okay, here we go. Today's trivia is on fun comic book facts and a small nod to the legend Michael Gambon. R.I.P. Oh. Professor uh, Dumbledore. All right, here we go. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Question number one. Here we go, Alex. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I just want to ask you this. I'm not going to give you any options to see if you know it. Ooh, Ooh. okay. Wow. Yeah. Actual trivia in the trivia section, Pete? Yeah, let's see how good As you I are. live and breathe. Nerd card check. Here we go. Um, what comic did Black Panther first appear? Oh, that's a good one. Fantastic Four. Ah, you got it. Wow. Right. Nice job. Nice Thanks. job. Fant- to be more specific, uh, Fantastic Four number 52 that came out in 1966, of course. Ah. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, but just so we know, because there is fun levels to this game. Oh, just to mention, uh, our guest Claire Lorden has a suggestion. How about the American Brain Tumor Association? Hey, Done. oh great, yes. Such donate a... this week's twenty five bucks to the American Brain Tumor Association. Thank you, Claire. Great, Claire. Uh, obviously, we should have thought of that. Thank you so much for <laughs> speaking up. And oh no, now now the pressure is on. Now I actually have to answer these, Pete. Yeah, yeah, but just so we know. Uh, the other options here, just so I can read the multiple choice, because you know I put some. Yeah, you time put some effort. effort into it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I put some. Um, okay, so it's either a Fantastic Four, B if you want a table to forty-five minute wait, or C Tom Waits. Okay, Tom here we Waits. go. Question number two. Okay, what was Captain America first called? Uh oh my gosh. Yeah, this is a hard one. I mean, mm-hmm. I would. My only answer is probably Steve Rogers, but that's definitely not what it is. Uh, before it does be, it's it is two words, and, it, and the first word does begin with S. So you have that. I mean, was it like the Star Spangled Kid or something like that? Ooh, I Star see what you're doing. Man? I see what you're doing. Um, no, I'm not going to let you just kind of squirm. It is... Oh, Stray Beans has a guess. Can I use this one? I'll, I'll use my uh, phone a friend. Yeah. Yankee McYankee face. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, the answer is super American. Oh. Hmm. That's a good No fact. wonder it didn't stick. Oh, boy. Uh, the right. other op- options were Power Cap and then C, Frank Powers. Here we go. Question number three. All right, this is it. I got to get two out of three, right? And then I win? Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Here we go. And I got to do multiple choice for this one. You do? Which of these three options is an actual comic book character? Is it A, Nut Puncher, B, Hindsight Lad, or C, Mila Kunis? Well, has that 70s show ever been a comic? I'm going to say no on Mila Kunis. So between, <laughs> what was it, Nut Puncher and Hindsight Lad? Yep. I'm going to go with Hindsight Lad. Ah, well done, sir. Yes. Thank you. Do you know how I figured that out? Uh, nope. Because I knew you came up with Nut Puncher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good logic. That's very good logic. There. Thank you. I didn't know the actual answer, but I know you very well. Yeah. The yeah. 
before we get uh, finish up here, what is the secret movie from Michael Gabon that you were teeing up with the third answers? It's the 2010 banger, Book of Eli. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, my God. I actually really loved him in that. I oh, know. really? Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, great. We are going to donate 25 bucks to the American Brain Tumor Association. Yeah. Thank you, Claire, again for the success, uh, suggestion. Next week, if a real person would like to do trivia, just hit us up in the comments. Or Hey, you're a real person. Oh, thanks, man. If you would like to, though... Just let us know in advance. You can shoot us an email, comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Let us know you want to come on, and you will normally win a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Or or you just hit up Alex on Tumblr. He's on there all the time. I am on, Are you stalking me on Tumblr, man? <laughs> no, I've never been on Tumblr once, but I know you're into it for some reason. I am very into it. I've only been into it for 15-plus years at this point. Anyway, before we wrap up here, tons of comics coming out tomorrow as well as today from DC Comics. What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about, Pete? Oh, my God. I cannot wait to get in a fight with you on the stack. It is going to be glorious. But the stuff that I really loved was Operation Sun- Shun- uh, wow. Sunshine, number one, mm-hmm. and Wolverine, number 38. Ooh, glad to hear that. You've been very down on Wolverine. So I know. Like it. I can like Wolverine again. Lots of stuff that I was very interested in checking out. Like you said, I think uh, Batman City of Madness by Christian, Ooh, written and drawn by yeah. Christian Ward. Very excited about that. Everything that he does is the really good. Alone. Also, our friend Tony Fleeks, Army of Darkness Forever, number one. Uh, he talked about that. He was so excited when we chatted with him about it at Baltimore Comic-Con. Very excited to check that out as well. And those and so many more books are going to be in our stack podcast. Yeah, some might say too many. (laughs) We can argue about that later. That is going to debut Wednesday, 9 a.m., both in the stack feed and in the comic book club feed. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Claire Lorden for coming on. Check out yes. One in a Million. Please in do. stores now. George Poppendrow, check out Typical Campus on Webtoon. Yes. Also, Nick Good, check out Sussex on Kickstarter yeah. right now. Next week, I plugged this erroneously last week, but these people are actually coming on next week. Hope Larson will be on here to talk about her new book, Be That Way. Chris O'Hara is going to be talking about Artificial. And Elias Shockey and Adagon Ilhan are going to be here to talk about The Greylock. Bunch of things to plug on our end. Scott Pilgrim versus the podcast. We are making our way through finishing up the volumes of Scott Pilgrim leading up to the Netflix series. Comic book club news every Monday through Friday. Get three to five minutes of comic book news right in your ear holes. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. We are recapping Loki right now, so check that out. And at some point, we haven't taped it yet, uh, but our Doom Patrol podcast, The Doom Room, is going to be coming back very soon. The Doom Room! The Doom Room. Get out of Zoom! Get the Doom Room! Come on! There we go. If you'd like to support our podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. You can subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice at comic book live on Twitter slash X comic book club live on TikTok or Instagram comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. Good night. Thanks everybody. Take care of yourself out there. Kimmy Gatewood, you rock!